Praise and Worship is a community of people in Branson, Missouri, who are gathering, growing, being encouraged, and sharing with others the love and hope of Jesus. Learn more online at branson.church. So we were joking around today, this week, is what should we call the Gospel of Mark? And um, there were some different people who came around with some excellent suggestions. One was um, Seth from, um, I believe he's in St. Louis right now. He said, how about mark my words? And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, there was, there was the, the, other, the other idea is the gospel according to Mark and Mark. I think Barry came up with that one. But, but, I, but, but the, I like Barry's second suggestion, which was, how about mark on mark? This is great. It was like, and this is one of the reasons when we were selecting gospels three or four years ago that we were like, which one are we going to do first? And we chose the gospel of Luke. Um, because I'm like, eh, we can't do Mark because that'll seem at least a little pretentious. And so what we want to do today, though, is we want to start this journey with the opposite of pretentiousness and to say, how can we submit to God's word? How can we go into this? Because here's the thing, guys. This is the question. It's one thing to come to a church service, to gather, sing a few songs, say a few prayers, high five and say, go Chiefs, and then we're off to the races. And for, for a few of us, Niners, I'm like, Jesus still loves you. But whatever happens, whatever happens, however we do this, it's like, no, I don't, I mean, because at the end of the day, the Super Bowl will happen or any other thing will happen and it'll come and it'll go and it will, it'll still all die. We have to have something that transcends that, something that goes beyond all of that. Yes, we're free to have fun with any of those things, but we need something that goes beyond this. Why I did not wear a chief shirt today, because I want to focus on the good news. See, because if I tell you, if, if we gather together tomorrow, it's, we, we're, we're drinking a cup of coffee together, and we're celebrating whichever team won, whichever we're a fan of, and we're sitting there and like, hey, my team won. And as a Chiefs fan who is 47, I have never experienced what is happening today. That is, my team is in the Super Bowl. They were, it was 50 years ago when they were in the Super Bowl. So, you know, you're like, oh, that's exciting, that's important, and it is. And you know what my prayer is? My prayer is that whichever team want, wins and when they get up on the platform to you know, do all their speeches, that they will give the glory to Jesus. That they will say it's because of Jesus that we have this. And I happen to know my team has plenty of those guys that will do that. So that's why I'm praying for my team, right? But I know the other team does too. I heard some of their testimonies and it's awesome. Because no matter where you're at in life, whichever team you're on and, or you're sitting there going, I don't like football, please move on from that topic, then the same is true because we need something that goes beyond this. We need good news. We need news, right? So, so let's ask the question, what is news, right? Because, you know, it's interesting. We have, like, how many news channels are on the cables these days? I mean, it's like, there's like eight or something. Maybe there's more. I don't know. Um, and, and you're like, and, and, and then you remember the leading, like, value of journalism. If it bleeds, it leads, right? And so you're like, wait, is news good? Most of our news isn't, because if it was just all puppies and unicorns, you'd probably turn the channel. We tend to gravitate toward bad news. And I find that to be no exception among Christians. I find that we tend to gravitate toward the, the doom and the gloom. And guess, guess what, guys? We tend to gravitate in our faith toward, if I could just do this a little better. Maybe this week I'll follow Jesus better. Maybe somehow, some way, I'll gain 3% righteousness this week. You know, this is what happens. We all fall into this. And, and if we were to, you know, if we were to borrow, for, there's been a, lots of churches in our area preaching about this, which I think is not an accident. Hello, Holy Spirit, rolling with God's people. You know, you know there's one, one local pastor here not long ago. He said, 
you know, if I tell you, you know, live a good life or whatever, that's not good news. That's good advice, but it's not good news. What is good news? You know, for the Chiefs fans in the room, if I told you, hey, 40 to 10 Chiefs at the end of the game today, we would say, that's good news. Eh, I mean, it is, and I'm going to celebrate it if that's what happens, but it doesn't really help me when I find out what happens tomorrow, whatever that may be. Maybe it gives me a little bit of a skip in my step. But if I told you, if I told you that when you die, you ain't done yet. What if I told you those whom you have buried ain't done yet? What if I told you that all of the things which cause you worry and fear and guilt and shame are vanquished? Now that might be good news. Take a look at Mark chapter 1 verse 1. The question is, what is the gospel? Now we're going to zoom in on a couple words here and, and, and open them up, unpack them a little bit, because I want us to not miss this. The beginning of the good news. We, we, you know, there's at least three definitions of gospel. Some people will say, well, gospel is like, you know, they'll say, well, that's the gospel truth, which they mean, that's, that's like written in stone, it's authoritative. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's fine. That's a cliche, whatever you want to do. That's not what this is about. There's other people who will say, well, it's the Gospel of Mark. You got the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Sure, that's fine. That's great. But when you're reading the Bible, I want you to always translate that word as good news. So when we were reading earlier and Paul says in Galatians, I'm, I'm astonished why you're, why you're like leaving the Gospel. You're, you're turning away from the good news towards something that really isn't good news at all. Something that says you just need to do this extra thing, then God will like you. And I'm, I, wanna, I just want to push on you guys. Is there something that you're thinking, well, if I do this, then God will love me? Because we all struggle with that. I, I have to tell you, I, I, I was telling this with some people today, I was like, I couldn't wear my red shirt today because it'll distract me. And it would even be so far as I was like, well, maybe God might get mad at me. Who cares? He doesn't care what shirt you wear. He wants to know, <laughs> where is your heart? He doesn't care what religious practices you do. That's where we're really going with this. The question is, do you believe in the good news? The first thing Jesus says when he comes on the scene is repent and believe the good news. The good news is that God loves you. Not just y'all, but you in particular. And y'all. The good news is about Jesus. So, you know, somebody, somebody, you know, somebody was asking me earlier, you know, what, what do you think about this preacher or that preacher? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just looking for Jesus, right? This is what we got. The question about whether you have got a good preacher or not is whether he does this. <laughs> and, and, and that's, we know this from God's word. And so this is why we always want to ask the question, what is the good news? It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. God came to earth as a preacher man, and said, believe the good news. And everyone thought, everyone there pretty much thought, well, he's going to save us from the Roman Empire. That's what, that's what Jesus is going to do. And Jesus was like, eh, no. And a lot of times I think we fall into this. We think, well, the good news is Jesus is going to save us from the insert who you either love or hate in politics. He's going to either empower this guy or that gal or take them out of power this guy and that gal and that's why we're all having fights in washington all the time because we're always thinking we pin our hopes and our dreams on put the name in there 
You think the debate between Chiefs and 49ers is serious. Wait till you talk about the guys and gals in Washington. You see what I'm saying? Then we have a whole other set. Talk about cable news, right? And so the, the thing that we get into is like, hey, what about good news? What about the channel that we could turn to that talks about this? Um, there was recently a Coffee with Jesus comic strip, and, and the, one of the characters in the coffee strip, she said, she said hey, because in this comic strip, people just sit and have coffee with Jesus, and he's you know, just interacting with them. And she says, hey, Jesus, I, I noticed there's all these really cool superhero movies, and I love them. They're really fun, and they even kind of remind me of you. Why don't they make a superhero movie about you? And he takes a sip of coffee because it would be a pretty short movie. Because he already won. He has already had the victory. The good news is that Jesus came from heaven to earth to save us from death and sin and the power of the devil. And so what we tend to do is we tend to gravitate to the good news. I want you to hear, excuse me, to the bad news when we should be listening to the good news. Take a look at Mark chapter 1, verse 10. Now, this is the MLV, Mark's literal version, which means I did the translation here, and it's important because we want to bring some words out. One of the things that happens in the gospel of Mark, and this is where you, you see the humanness of God working through his human servants to bring us God's word, and that is he just loves the word euthos or euthois, depending on how it appears, this, this Greek word which means immediately. And if you're reading your translation, you'll see there, that word appears a lot. In fact, it appears way more than your English Bibles will show because every once in a while the translators are like, geez, just leave it out this verse. It's so many times. And so in the NIV, they left it out of this verse. And so it's this immediately 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 because mark is is this storyteller where he wants he was like i'm going to show you this and then i'm going to show you this and then i'm going to show you this he's kind of fired up I, I i relate to him on that and so he says as jesus was coming up out of the water he saw the heavens splitting this is not an insignificant statement he saw the heavens splitting this is another challenge that we have with good news and bad news we tend to think that heaven is up there and earth is down here, and rightfully so, because we'll oftentimes say the Apostles' Creed and we'll say, ascended into heaven or up to heaven. We will, we will be reading certain verses and we will hear, like, for example, as we read today in Mark chapter one, there was a voice from above in heaven speaking. They could hear God the Father speaking. So it's, it is up there, but it's split. When Jesus came down, things between heaven and earth are forever different. This is good news. So my, you know, a lot of times people ask you, if you die tonight, are you going to go to heaven? If you die tonight, if, if, you know, let's say Mark's Chiefs win the Super Bowl and I get so excited, I have a heart attack and die. Am I going to heaven or not? This is what I want to know. And so if that were to happen, and it might, um, then what would happen and how do I know? Well, certainly, if my name is written in the book of life, I will go to heaven. How do I know if it's written there? Reading the Bible tells me that if I believe in Jesus, that I will go to heaven. And a lot of Christians are like, great, we're done. Go Chiefs, right? I mean, that's kind of where we stop. And what I want to say to you is, no, 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 no. This story is much bigger than that. It's not about whether we die and go to heaven, and praise God, if we believe in him, we will. What about this part where he brought heaven down? And he split it open. And he started rolling out into this dark world, shining light everywhere he went. Guys, that's good news. Because now what happens is when the darkness comes into your life. Anybody here, darkness ever come into your life? Because it comes into mine. And so if it ever comes into your life, if I'm not the only one, and it comes into your life, how do we react to that? Jesus. 
and we begin to believe that he actually split heaven open, and look at this, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. It's, it's, it's power. And, and I think part of the thing that we, we gravitate toward the bad news is we, we, get, we feel a little powerless. We feel hopeless. We feel inadequate, inept, not able to do whatever needs to be done. And the answer is we don't have to. He did. You see, if it's all about how much you have to do, you'll never be done. But if you start talking about what he has done, then you start getting to say things like, it is finished. This is the good news. God comes down, splitting heaven open. And so we are so audacious as to say, where is heaven? You're sitting in it right now. Because wherever the king is, that's where the kingdom is. And he said, where two or three are gathered, I am there with them. He also said that you guys are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The kavod Yahweh from the Old Testament dwells in your body. This is the promise of God. It's good news. Better than any team winning thing, any lottery winning thing, anything like, oh, wow, I got a new job, which is great news. But this is, this is bigger. Because other, without this news, eat, drink, and, and marry, be merry, because tomorrow you die. Take a look at verses 12 and 13. Also MLV, so be careful. So immediately, there it is again, the Spirit through him, it's ekbalo, it's like this cast out, throw him, threw him out. Can you imagine? I'm like, come to our church where the Holy Spirit will throw you out in the wilderness. This is the church Jesus was in. And so he threw him out into the, into the wilderness, into the desertness. I, do you see what I did? The wilderness desertness. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> and he was in the desert for 40 days. Now, guys, that's a hyperlink. The Bible has them all over the place. And a hyperlink is exactly what you think a hyperlink is. It's like when you're on your phone or you're on your computer and you're something blue and underlined, you tap it and boom, it takes you to the next thing that's related to that. Where, where would we land if we clicked this hyperlink? We would land in the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers. And we would see the story of the wilderness journey of the ancient Israelites as they were in the wilderness for 40 years because they did not believe the good news. Well, the good news is this fella did. He was in the desert 40 days being tempted by, see, a lot of people will capitalize that and give him a name. I ain't giving him a name. He's kind of this like jerk face fallen angel that just loves evil. And the Bible never gives him a name. I know we, we do that. We, we put Satan, Lucifer, blah, blah, blah. But the Bible never does that. He's the Satan. He's the accuser. He's the prosecutor that just says, I want you to look at what they did last night. Look at them. That's what he'll say. And to which we would say, let's look at Jesus. Let's look at Jesus. And let's talk about what he did, oh, Satan. Let's talk about what he did, Mr. Accuser, Mr. Prosecuting Attorney. Let's talk about him going to the cross for you and for me and rising from the dead for you and for me to make all things right forever and ever. Amen. Let's talk about that. Let's talk, every time the devil comes and reminds you of your past, let's remind him of his future because Jesus has redeemed the past and has secured the future so that you and I are free to live in the present. This is the good news. So he was being tempted by the Satan, by the accuser, and he was with, and by the way, I love how Mark does it. No problem. He doesn't even go into all the detail that Mark and Luke do where they're like, well, you know, there was these three temptations. And all. You know, Mark just like he rolled it. It was 40 to 10, Jesus, actually 40 to zero. 
And so what happened was, is Jesus wins this temptation. He rolls the devil. He defeats him handedly by quoting Deuteronomy to him, no less. And then, then we get this part, he was with the wild beasts. This is another hyperlink. In your dig deepers, there are so many little verses I encourage you to read for that hyperlink. But if you go and read them, what you'll see is God's plan is not only to restore you and me. God's plan is to restore all creation. And so this business of Jesus being one of the wild beasts does two things. First of all, he shows that he is, the, he is bringing the new creation into this world. He has entered into this world and bringing the new creation. The second thing is that he is restoring what is broken. If you and I go hang out with a lion or a tiger in the wilderness, it probably isn't gonna go too well unless you have some great animal training skills. But if you're, if you're the firstborn of the new creation and you're out there in the wilderness, he's restoring all things as they go. This is what we were talking the other night. You know, what would happen if your pets, your, your animals that you love and care for are lost? What's going to happen? They're going to be restored in the new heavens and the new earth. This is God's promise. Check those hyperlinks. You'll see them to be true. Take a look at Mark chapter 1, verse 15. This is our final passage because we've got to take a look at this. Because the, the issue is, is okay, you're like, okay, Mark, you've been like getting off about this, like believing the good news. So what do we do? How do we do it? Take a look at these words. Jesus is saying, present tense, the time is fulfilled. Guys, the Old Testament is so important, and we're never going to throw it out, but it's fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled it. We don't need to worry about doing any of those things. We don't need to worry about waiting for any of those things to happen. The time is fulfilled, Jesus says. And the kingdom of God has drawn near. Now, what is the kingdom of God? A really simple way to say it is God's active rule and reign. And, and we, we keep coming back to these football analogies, but it is Super Bowl Sunday, so forgive me. But, but like, for example, my team, the Chiefs, they have this thing called the Chiefs' kingdom. And, I, and, and, and it's funny because they'll say, it's a kingdom that doesn't, is not drawn by lines on a map or, or it's about the hearts of the people. I'm like, um, that's actually the kingdom of God, but that's okay. I don't, we, can, we can overlap the two, I guess. But the point is, is the kingdom of God is near. We know from Luke chapter 17, it is entos, Greek word for inside of you. The kingdom of God is near. He is here. And Jesus says to you and to me, repent and believe the good news now. Tomorrow is promised to no person. Hear Paul's words again. I'm so astonished that you would quickly turn away from the good news that I gave you to another set of news that isn't good at all. So if you're like me and you're pulled in a direction here or there to think, oh, God's going to be mad at me about that. God's going to punish me for that. God's going to lie and he's not going to let that happen. I want you to do what I needed to do then and need to do every single day, and that is repent, which means to turn around. Turn around from saying, oh, I want to hear bad news. Turn around and say, Jesus, give me the good news again. And give me the power to believe it. Can we pray about that? Father in heaven, we ask you boldly that you would help us believe the good news now. I pray that we would, all, in all the things that we face in this life, that we would know that no matter what happens, you are with us. There's no scenario where we alienate ourselves from you or we think, well, I must have did that wrong, so now you're mad. 
No, the scenario is you love us and you've promised to be with us. Help us repent of our own self-righteousness and our own self-centeredness and put our center and our focus upon you. To put our trust in you. To walk together with you. And we pray boldly, Lord, that you would help us do that by the power of your Holy Spirit every single day. Help us return to your word early and often so that no matter what the situation is, whether we're celebrating a football game or a gathering of friends or a situation at work or whatever's going on at school, no matter what happens, we're focused on you. And Lord, we pray this not because we have anything to offer, but because of the good news you promised that you came to save us in and through our Lord Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.